This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Show me. Look at this. America is number one for infections. So, so we're number one. But that's a bad thing, Mr. President. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Can it you is. make your voice a little higher? No, Mr. President. Higher. No, I can't. Higher. Mr. Mr. President, I can't. You want come. me to get the tourniquet? Higher. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Thank you. The world is a great big Morning to you. Uh, we've got Professor Christine Nickel uh, coming up, uh, talking about animals and what they think and that and things and such. Uh, but first is a heartwarming story. Well, heartwarming and quite warming. A uh, guy in Sheffield decided he was going to propose to his girlfriend and make it all nice with all candles and balloons. Uh, people in Sheffield don't talk like that. And uh, so he, he set out hundreds of tea lights all over the flat uh, and balloons and flowers and that. Uh, and then went to go and pick her up uh, and came home to a raging inferno. <laughs> and... Uh, Fire Brigade came and put it out, and I've, I've had a look. It looks like one of those murder flats now. How romantic. And, uh, you know, those murder flats, that's a thing. It's not a thing, sorry. Uh, get more sleep. Uh, anyway, um, she said yes, which is extraordinary, uh, really. Uh, the Fire Brigade looking forward to being invited to the wedding. Uh, I think uh, I think he should, he should do the catering. I think it'll be r- r- real good. Also, um, there's another thing I might do uh, in a bit if I've got time. I had a funny idea for a, a, an exercise uh, sort of PE character, which I might have a go. There are no murder flats. That's not a thing. Um, but uh, for for reasons, uh, yesterday I reprised uh, writing my column for Vegan Life magazine. It's a thing I do. And um, I, do, I do the back page, the coveted back page. I know. It feels good. Uh, and you can see it in Waitrose. You don't have to buy it. Just flick to the back. Anyway, it's been on a hiatus for a few months. Uh, and it was good to be back. And I started trying to work on a veganized version of uh, green eggs and ham. 
Um, and it's when, no, 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 Sam, I am. I do not want green eggs and ham. In truth, I'd be far more in, well, I don't know. When green food, in terms of green foods, I'm much keener on smoothies made with spirulina. Anyway, the point is I had to look up green eggs and ham because I don't know it off by heart. And I found some reviews uh, on uh, Google uh, for green eggs and ham. And it's one of those nice little corners of the internet where people have been having a great time. Uh, Grayson Clark has reviewed it saying uh, about green eggs and ham. This is a great metaphor on the effects both world wars had on Germany, showing how the war debts Germany had to pay put them in poverty and eventually the country was moved by one man sam i am and after that seuss got too depressed to write about what happened after and on the tv show it was the greatest road trip buddy comedy since sonic showing the effects an animal has on a depressed man is a great parody on the programs animal shelters have today simply beautiful <laughs> you are Cold Ramen says, Green Eggs and Ham is a sci-fi horror about the robot uprising and collapse of humanity. You will be rooting for the hero the whole time as he is likeable and funny. The action in this novel is great and it has an amazing plot twist at the end. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Ah, <laughs> uh, Livia. How did he get green ham? With eggs, adding green food colouring makes them green. But how do you do that with ham? The only possible way to do so is by killing a green pig. Where can you get a green pig? Angry Birds! Therefore, he had to have killed a pig from Angry Birds the movie and cooked him. Probably a background pig, so it's less noticeable than if a main character pig were to go missing. The moral of the story is if someone feeds you green ham, it's a pig from Angry Birds. Or it was. <laughs> uh, Madison. Green Eggs and Ham is a tour of animal sexuality, exploring the effects of sperm competition and sex-based selective pressures on reproductive biology and behaviour. Dr. Seuss begins with the history of sperm competition studies, from Darwin's work on sexual selection to Robert Triver's work on parental investment and Jeff Parker's role as the father of sperm competition. He also dismantles the wild but much publicised killer sperm hypothesis of Baker and Bellis. Chills. <laughs> Dylan. This is the best adaptation and most interesting book about Oedipus. The part where he marries his mother was so emotional for me. <laughs> okay, that's probably enough. Anyway, I enjoy this. I like it when people do those things. That's always a fun thing. Anyway, let's have Professor Christine Nichols. She's Professor of Animal Welfare at University College London. Uh, she's really, really brilliant. She spends her life trying to understand how animals think and what they think. And here she is. Professor Christine Nichols. She talks to the animals, or rather gets the animals to talk to her. There's a lot of kind of pet theories, pet theories, about pain in animals. For example, you know, a lot of people think that fish don't feel pain, uh, things like that. But you say they do, is that right? I say, I, I, I say with fish that I don't know. Um, okay. I think, I think... You know, I'm, I, with fish, there really is this debate and it's become quite polarised. So the debate with fish, again, comes down to do they have the type of brain that would support the feeling of pain? So when you say talking about pain is quite an emotional thing to do, it partly is because pain itself is an emotional experience. 
it's um, not just if you touch a hot plate and you your hand withdraws from that hot plate, you feel the pain later. You've actually done the protective response instantly before you've felt anything. And the debate with fish is whether what they are doing is this sort of protective response, which they clearly show. There's no doubt about it. They can Mm. protect themselves and they can avoid situations that have caused them harm in the past. The question is, do they then have the type of brain structures that allow them then to process that experience and experience it as something unpleasant? And there are all sorts of definitions of pain, but they they tend to emphasize that emotional experience component, which separates it from that protective response. So so there's really the debate in fish has really become polarized because a lot of um, people from more of an animal science background or a neurobiology background say there's no real evidence for fish. Their brains just don't support that sort of emotion. And yet some of the evidence from animal behavior studies suggests that perhaps it's more complicated than just doing a simple protective response. So the fish remember places where they experienced pain in the past, for example. Right. But um, I, I think it's complicated. I would err on the side of giving the benefit of any doubt um, mm. to, to fish and other people have said, well, the whole debate is polarized and in a sense rather futile because we're never going to be able to directly look at conscious experience. So if some of these things that affect fish cause them stress or harm, let's not worry about whether we call it pain. Let's just work to reduce those situations anyway, which yeah. may be a pragmatic approach. Yeah. Um, I mean, it goes without yeah. saying, I suppose, that um, it has to be pain has to be an unpleasant experience sort of you know mm. for a brain because the whole point of that processing is to make sure you move away from it you know to to, to yeah. try and avoid it well except except <clears throat> that you can design robots that have very good protective responses programmed into them so you know you can design a robot with all sorts of algorithms where you say um if temperature is above this do not venture out if radiation is above this level you know move to a different area so in fact you can design i'm not suggesting that life on earth was designed by any intelligent creator (laughs) but but if you were an intelligent creator somebody designing a robot it's perfectly possible to design things that have these contingencies and that can protect themselves and even can learn from an experience. So, you know, if you went to an experience and your outer shell was punctured, Mm. do not do that again Mm. um, without having to invoke this feeling. So the question is, what's the extra? What extra is that doing for us? The fact that we actually and it's not even in us, it's not always linked terribly well with the tissue damage. Some some situations in humans are incredibly painful without being all that harmful and other things are terribly harmful but not all that painful right so it's not it's not a sort of perfect match anyway Mm. um so we're not quite sure what the extra sort of conscious component of pain is doing for us as as humans we probably could survive perfectly well by relying on a lot of our subconscious instincts and basic programs that have gone into getting us this far um i'm doing all right yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
yeah, I work on a fairly basic level too. <laughs> <laughs> what? How do you? So how do you? Um, how do you demonstrate that? You know, however, however the brain is interpreting it. How do you demonstrate yeah. that a creature is feeling pain? Because you you've had to sort of design yeah. some of these experiments, haven't you? Yeah. Well, yes, I have. And one thing that I want to throw out there is that I've never tried to well, I've never deliberately caused pain in order to study it. I want to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, but we do sometimes take animals where we suspect that they might be in pain. For example, we may take some chickens that have got some, you know, we can tell that they've had um, perhaps a bone fracture that has healed up on the farm, for example. So we can take those chickens mm. and we can compare them with chickens that have never had an injury, for example. Mm. So, um, but if we want to know, are those sorts of, you know, these little fractures uh, that, that heal up relatively quickly, but do they stay painful? Might they be residually painful for a chicken? Mm. Then we can do some experiments. And I suppose what we're trying to do there is to say to the to the chicken, are you able to process your pain in a more complicated way? Are you able to make decisions about the management of your own pain? Because I suppose what we're saying there is if you have got that um, higher brain activity involved, then you're moving away from the argument that it's this incredibly basic subconscious instinct. So what we can do with um, with these birds, for example, is give them analgesic drugs um, and see how that affects their behavior. And so we would expect that a chicken with a healed up fracture would perhaps be more mobile again once it was given some analgesics. So that's a basic step. But the question is, would that chicken then, if it does feel better, would it voluntarily go and choose to take some analgesics? So that's the sort of area that we work in. So we actually give the chickens the choice. Or even if we don't directly give them the choice of taking the analgesic, we say, when you were in this environment, which we carefully coloured bright orange and put some black stripes all around it to make it quite memorable for you. Mm. When you were in this orange environment, we had given you some analgesic. When we put you in the purple environment, um, you had just had some ordinary drinking water. Right. And then we give them the choice. So we say, you know, two days later, we say, would you prefer to be in the orange environment or the purple environment? Right. And then we find that the birds that have got um, uh, these these healed up fractures, they're more likely to go to the environment where they had experienced an analgesic. Whereas control birds, healthy birds with no injuries, they don't have a preference. So it's not just that they, right. you know, finding some high from the analgesics that, mm. that they're attracted to. It does look as if it is that actual pain-reducing effect that's influencing the bird's decisions. So there, I suppose, I'm back to this idea of trying as hard as I can to talk to the birds and and get mm. their view on on the situation. Yeah. But it does look. It, I, I, I'm I'm really convinced that birds can feel pain, and I'm really convinced that mammals can feel pain um and i'm just not completely sure about fish <laughs> did you there, there were experiments with fish that were kind of similar about different environments is that right yeah there's been experiments they haven't been quite they haven't sort of quite gone on to this level of cognitive processing that i'm talking about so right. they're more direct memory so yeah. fish will avoid a place where something harmful happens to them but I'm not aware of experiments at the moment, although I imagine they're going to come in the next year or so. I really predict that 
that people will start to be doing these sorts of things with fish if they're not already doing it and all writing in to your podcast to say, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about because this was published last week. <laughs> but, as far, but as far as I'm aware, there have yeah. not yet been these sorts of work, which is things called conditioned place preference or conditioned place avoidance type experiments have not yet been done with fish. And it will be very, very interesting um, when mm. they are. And it might even just shift my view to one side of the fence yeah. or the other. Mm. I seem to remember something from Would You Eat an Alien? Someone talked about a tank that was like, Fish had a choice of a tank that was brightly lit that had an analgesic mm. in it versus mm. a, a sort of shady covered mm. tank that would be a preferred habitat with no analgesic. Yes. And the, yes. <clears throat> the ones that had been yes. clipped all ended up going there, but... Well, that's right. And that was um, that was a trade off. I think that was Lynn, Sned Lynn Snedden, I think, from Liverpool, who was talking about that. Right. And um, it's a sort of trade off that the fish would make so that they were willing to go into a slightly scary area to get some analgesic directly. Yeah. That's right. But still not quite that one step removed that I was just talking about with the bird work. Yeah. yeah, yeah which yeah. is a, a bit more about remembered experience. So yeah. a little bit more about that emotional component. Yeah. Yeah. With these chickens, um, and you were talking about bone fractures and stuff, is that a commonplace thing? Um, well, it's it's something that everyone's working to try to come up to a solution, you know, to try to come to a solution for. But again, in the egg-laying birds, there's such a sort of demand for calcium. Every day, a bird produces an egg with a shell. Mm. That's a huge amount of calcium metabolism that's having to go on. So a lot of egg-laying birds are susceptible to these fractures, mostly to the keel bone, which is like the breastbone. Um, right. And some of them are very small, like hairline fractures, which doesn't mean they're not important. But I don't want people to think that, you know, that the birds can't move. In fact, the effects are not that obvious when you just watch a flock of birds. It's not that you can go, oh, those birds are injured and those birds aren't. Yeah. So... So it's an issue, and it's one that everyone's working really hard to try to understand a whole lot more. There seems to be a genetic component to it, so maybe it's possible to breed um, birds that are less susceptible. And other things, of course, are about making the environment as, as safe as possible and making sure that the birds don't end up crashing into anything um, unnecessarily. So, um, And nutritional research as well, so trying to make sure that the birds can really um, have the best nutritional support as well yeah professor christine nickel there uh, who has our huge gratitude uh, for doing all of that there then when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Uh, well, now, look, here's time for something new. Uh, lots of online workouts, uh, of course, have uh, cropped up uh, with what with the lockdown. And uh, I'm very pleased to say that we've uh, secured our own uh, top talent uh, who's going to, uh, you know, help us just maybe get a little bit more in shape um, during during all of this. Uh, it's time for Get Up Today with Lee Hardlywell. Hi guys, here we are again, ready to do another workout with Lee. Remember, however tired we're feeling this morning, however much we feel like our scant time on Earth is a pointless temporary state of a bunch of chemicals that will pass on to becoming other, better things, and hopefully as soon as possible, this workout will make us feel better and give us enough energy to trudge through the wretched misery of another futile day in our pointless little caves filled with all the poisonous trinkets that distract us from anything that could ever have mattered to us, even though it's probably too late for that now anyway. Okay, so now we're in a positive mindset. Let's start the workout. Okay, warm up. Run it on the spot. Now, good visualization for this is to imagine that however fast or hard you run, you can't ever escape what it is you're running from. We're all just running on the spot, aren't we, really? Our lives, just a placeholder. Okay, nice and warm, lunges, bending the knees down. Feeling really good, not feeling a crushed, leaden feeling that makes your head literally droop at the prospect of any form of social interaction today. We're definitely coming back up again from this one, okay. All right, star jumps. Guys, did you know that your body is literally made of stardust? Amazing. Also, they say it's an open universe, meaning that it's just gonna keep on expanding forever. All the stars getting further and further apart until they wink out one by one in the sky. It turns to a lifeless inky black and the heat death kicks in until all of us, everything that's ever been, simply becomes lifeless, meaningless dust. Unobserved and inconsequential good. Burpees. Now these always make us feel good about ourselves, don't they? The burpees that make us feel like we're some kind of huge lump and mass disgracing humanity with our fitted carcasses attempting this futile galumping. Okay, good. All right, guys, now we've done some exercise. Now we can go through the day, tons of energy, feeling positive, not feeling like everything we're doing has been done before and that we're not doing it as well. Don't forget, I'm here every day because we're all fighting the inevitable moment of atrophy when our bodies fail, as they must, and whatever dimly glowing residual ember of light in our minds is finally and permanently snuffed out. 
Have a lovely day. Lee Hardly well there. Uh, don't forget his new book, Cry Yourself Thin, is available. Uh, published by Brazzle Press. Thank you for that joke, David. Uh, we'll do some more of that another time, perhaps. Uh, just a few emails for us to uh, chew our way through now. Uh, we've uh, got this one from Ollie. I, I don't know what this is going to be. This is about hashtag transient foods. I shared a photo of my avocado yesterday. It wasn't a happy moment for me. Ollie says, hello, Jacob. It's been a while since I sent you an email. This hashtag transient foods has got me all hot and bothered, however, and I write to you and write to you. I felt I must. I've been very upset about avocados for some time. Having been lucky enough to have spent some time in California, eating the sweet buttery fruit became something so ordinary, I'm afraid I took it for granted. Oh, Ollie. The picture you shared on Twitter scarred me as I relived almost every subsequent Irish shopping trip. Sometimes I buy them soft, just to see. Sometimes I buy them hard. Other times I've bought them at all at varying degrees in between and still no satisfaction at all. I've become quite depressed of late, thinking I may never find that perfect balance of body, colour and freshness. All the while, those slick-talking, beautiful Californian bastards are just picking them off trees like they grow there. I don't know what you're talking about there. Ollie did say it was very late when he wrote this. Uh, this is my very real and ultimately privileged first world nightmare. It gets worse beyond avocados. There's a certain supermarket. It has a big sign with primary colours and begins and ends with the letter L. Lanesbreezel. Almost every vegetable and fruit I have gotten from there has looked and smelled perfectly delicious and ripe. You might have gathered I am the type to knock my melon, press my squash, sniff my pineapple. Well, as long as you're sniffing your own... But by the time I arrive home and fill the fruit bowl, all I find are dry oranges, wet pears, brown apples, fuzzy strawberries, nectarines that spew battery acid. <laughs> yeah, nectarines, they leak like batteries. You're so right. Bananas that have more bruises than an, a self-harming octogenarian. Wow. This is not conducive to the big savings promised before. The other stores are much better. The greengrocers ain't much better than that. Forgive my ranting, my wit's end. I really miss me some delicious fresh fruit. Ollie. P.S. This is why I voted leave. British-grown avocados, bananas and pineapples are the best in the world. Forget all that foreign muck. Thank you very much, Ollie. Uh, yes, do share with me your uh, food. Sort of just food expiries, I suppose. Sad expiries. It's a very depressing tone, isn't it? There's this... Uh Robert, Jakob, don't get me started on food that goes from perfectly fine to post-apocalyptic gungeon nanoseconds. Bags of watercress. They miraculously mutate from plump perky bags of vitamin yummy goodness to slimy green grot bags of goo overnight, and then leak all over the crisp fresh drawer of my fridge. Crisp fresh. And have you tried to remove the bottom drawer of an integrated fri fridge? Impossible. Yours fondly, Robert, thank you. Yes, well, here's my question. What percentage of your bag of salad or spinach has to turn into green slime before you write off the whole thing? You know what I mean? Because will you just pick a bit off or is it like, is it like one bit and you're done? Because I'll go, I'll go a long way in, you know, I'll go 50% slime and I'll still pick it out and rinse it off. Can't bear it. Um, we've got the watch along tomorrow night uh, for Patreons. If you'd like to become a Patreon, it's patreon.com slash not today pod. 
Um, and uh, what we do on a Thursday night is we watch <laughs> some really terrible old TV together. It's really good fun. Uh, if you want to take part, go and check it out. Uh, but uh, someone's got a, a suggestion there. Uh, Neil Green. Hi, Jake. I've got an idea for you. How about a Eurovision night? Oh, my God. I love that idea. Uh, uh, attached is a link to 1982 live from Harrogate. I wonder if it's possible to turn Terry down and let you comment. Oh my God. I mean, wow. I don't remember 1982 in Harrogate. That's a little before my time, but my God, I want to watch that. And finally, we've got a bit of hashtag dear love spotting. Uh, this is uh, Brinsley dear love. Uh, good morning, Jake, says Jem. I've had my ear to the ground since Brinsley's untimely departure from your station. I think it was timely. In fact, it was over-timely, according to a lot of people. Uh, and I've uncovered a couple of interesting tidbits. Uh, according to this, uh, to his self-run fan site, www.thatislovely.freewebs.co.pt. Do I click? I gotta click. Oh, yeah. Looks good. <laughs> Resultados de pesquisa. Free webs. Perfect. He's done well. Anyway, he's been commissioned to write a 42-part fictional serial for People's Friend magazine, charting the rise and fall of a brave, handsome, and heroically underappreciated radio host, Six Marriage, which was cut tragically short by the premature appearance of his soon-to-be seventh wife during the wedding reception for his fifth marriage. <laughs> this has got Titchmarsh written all over it. There's also a rumour which appeared this Monday on a certain Facebook page dedicated... Uh, Hang on, to a certain Facebook page, I'm going to say run by dedicated broadcast listening enthusiasts, that Times Radio are starting a daily nostalgia hour in the autumn. This is to tap into the burgeoning, actually rationing is good, and this country was better when you could say that word, markets. <laughs> As Britain plunges toward the light this December, <laughs> Mr. Dear Love is looking to be a shoe-in for the holiday cover. Keep them peeled, you apostles! Not my word. Gem from Portishead, the town, not the band. That's brilliant, Gem. I didn't read it very well, but it was very funny. Uh, and finally, Hannah. Uh, morning, Jake, and all your lovely listeners. I thought you might be interested in the following article that appeared in the Huffington Post online. Brinsley Dearlove to voice new British government coronavirus information advertising campaign. Oh, that makes sense. Following the news that Mark Strong is to stop voicing coronavirus adverts, apparently some people have found his tone too scary. The nation's favourite uncle, Brinsley Dearlove, is to take on the reins of guiding the British public into the new normal. Other national treasures in the running for the job included Stephen Fry and Roger Alam, but a spokesperson said that Brinsley's mellifluous tones and broad fan base across all demographics were exactly what was needed to take the British public by the hand and lead them into our brave new world. Mr Dearlove was unavailable for comment, but has reportedly been spotted in his local superdrug, stocking up on throat lozenges. Yeah, I don't think that's a voice thing. Take care and stay safe. Hannah, thanks very much. Thanks very much for uh, all your emails. They're so, so very welcome. It's not today at swanburst.com. Uh, if you've seen any news of uh, Brinsley Dearlab and uh, you have some idea of what he's up to, if you've got food spoilage stories, I'm always interested in those. Um, how fizzy is too fizzy when it comes to hummus? By the way, made hummus at home a couple of days ago. Stirred it into the pasta sauce last night. So creamy, so rich, delicious. Uh, there you go. That's my top tip. I'll leave you with that. We'll be back with more tomorrow. Bye-bye. This has been a Swanburst Media production. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.